This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Hello, good morning. This is me and spirituality. Yes, I'm going to be talking all about my life and about me and how awesome I am. We're going to be telling stories this morning, all about me and my life and how I have dealt with spirituality and all of my experiences and how it has directed and influenced my life. You like stories? You want to hear my story? My name is Devin Jesse Byrne. I like to go by Reverend Devin Devine as I am an ordained minister, and I'm probably going to ramble on about how spirituality works and what it all is and blah, blah, blah. I revolve around and focus on a practice called the Course in Miracles. I talk a lot about these 10 dimensions of reality that through my death experience, I experienced many of them and through several different experiences. I went on a five-year journey and all this great stuff. This is just the intro. <laughs> We're not getting into it yet. I have my son here. Say hi, Atreyu. This is what it's going to be like here. There you go. Uh-oh, you dropped it. Behind you. Behind you. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's like with me and spirituality. You can learn more about me and listen to several other more serious programs at openandclear.com. We're going to be casual here. Bud, you going to go watch Elmo? Well, this is me. 
and spirituality. Yay. <laughs> Love how I tree he was dropping his food at the beginning there. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how it's like, you know. With with life. It, we have, it's it's so often that we are just like not looking around, you know, being a child. We drop something, you know, our awareness and we're usually looking all around us, you know. <laughs> We're not focused on where the issue is, and it's almost impossible to see as we're, you know, identifying with it being out there somewhere. So in my life, as I did say I would talk about stories, um, <laughs> I, I've, I've promised a few of you, as you've wanted to know more about my life, and I told you how... It, it's somewhat difficult to talk about stories and my life and I have to like select something I identify with and all this stuff and a past and <laughs> already forgiven. But there's residual stuff to talk about because, you know, I'm still here and I've chosen a certain amount of them and to recognize them to represent this Devon character. Even as the uh, ex experience of, of having a life. And I find it so adorable how <laughs> people like to water down spirituality to make it just about that, you know. It's, it's kind of important, you know, to get famous. You have to be one thing, right? You have to be very specific. <laughs> So anyway, I, I got married when I was 19, or, yeah, I think I was 19, wait, I gotta do the math again, uh, depends on which universe I accept, I guess, and I actually met her through massage therapy school, and it, it was only by the opportunity that I literally jumped on an opportunity, that uh, I just got a a gym pass, and I saw that as she was running by, I think I saw her once before that, that she had a, a, a keychain gym pass as well. Didn't know her yet or anything, and I, I just like hopped on it. I just all of a sudden asked her if she wanted to work out together and go to the gym together. <laughs> and, you know, this was a new thing for me. I was somewhat shy. And I had no idea what I was doing. And that's kind of how it all happened, is that I took that opportunity to not know what I was doing. And it, it opened up a whole nother doorway, facet in my life. And I'm not talking about the my current wife. This was actually, I guess we're going to be talking about wives today. Oh, great. <laughs> I guess I have some forgiving to do here. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard, you know. It, oh, I feel like jumping around all over the place as far as telling this story. <laughs> well, uh, it, something very, what I would use today, what I speak of today, in, as far as this story goes, and taking that opportunity of quite literally acting 
just act right away. Not, not necessarily put on a character and a face and make something up, but act right away. Uh, if you think to do something, it's do it immediately. Don't sit there and process if you think you should do it or how you should do it. And that's already kind of in the realm of, of this thinking that you think you're doing as the lessons referred to. And it's not actually what you're called to do. Like the thinking process, referring to this ego mind of doubt and questioning, it it takes the opportunities that you actually do have to quite literally do immediately because you're called by the Spirit to do it. You There is no question. There's no reason to question. It's absolutely success no matter what. And you do it. You go and do it. So in that understanding and in that experience, you are choosing to, by thinking, are choosing to avoid that. You know, you're actually choosing to doubt in that. Uh, it, it's quite literally, if you do these things, it will seem as if your life changes a lot, quite a, li- quite a lot, because it's putting you in this position of, as you know, the speed-up path to something that exists beyond this world, that it's not actually what's happening in this world. So as that opportunity was taken, speaking about my wife, my, okay, ex-wife, I have to refer to her as, uh, yeah, things got crazy when, you know, we started practicing massage together. Yeah, let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah, saying something. Okay. <laughs> it's a beautiful time, beautiful experience. Uh, I never learned so much about love, you know, as it's still a teenager. And uh, thinking I knew anything about love and what it really was and, and how the world actually worked. And even even now, I'm sure that I could learn a lot and recognize a lot, uh, even as I thought I knew everything then. I, th- I think I know everything now, and it's more of a characteristic trait than an actual, you know, achievement. I know it all. <laughs> so I opened up that world of finding out really, you know, what love was like. And even though I've had a, had a couple girlfriends before that, they were pretty serious. I found out that I was uh, am a serial monogamist, and that I I fall in love very easily. Now, as often as I might talk about this, which I never do, it is somewhat you know something I I would say. I'm not concerned with changing, you know, I'm not concerned with shifting or, or, or changing the fact that I fall in love easily. Uh, I, I think of this as a, a good trait, you know, even today as I'm married to my third wife, it, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it involves everybody, you know, it's not selective to her as much as the 
type of love is. So maybe you're listening to this and you're starting to have questions, which I'm feeling, of, you know, what is this love and what's the difference between special love and, you know, the all-encompassing love that we are. <clears throat> hey, bud. <laughs> well, it says, you know, as much as you use a hand differently than a foot... Uh, in the same circumstances as a relationship with a special love, you use it differently than you do the rest of it. But as much as a hand and a foot, excuse me, being of the same body uh, just has different special functions. <clears throat> they have different purposes about them. So a lot of people read about special, uh, special love and special relationships and start thinking that it's, it's something that's required to avoid if you want to be awakened, <laughs> which is noble. But we have this strange thing that we think it is possible to succeed in spirituality and awakening by mimicking a spiritual awakened person, which is interesting because that's actually the mindset of this ego thing that does the same thing about rich people. You know, if you want to be rich, mimic the attributes and styles and the ways of living of a rich person, which makes sense. It's, it's really with everything. But the problem with a spiritual awakened person, as you would see it, you need these, and this is why a lot of famous spiritual people water things down, is because in order to be like a spiritual awakened person, um, all of a sudden you're not doing anything different, which is unusual, uh, because you're actually, in your attempts to be a spiritual person, is more of, you know, you want someone somewhat close to the step you're on if they're too far awakened if they're too far knowing of the truth um there's nothing one there's nothing really to relate with in spirituality uh besides just conceptual ideas and the actual experience and two is the you recognize that everything they are is just a person just like i'm a person i'm devon and so Devin's doing what Devin does. And Devin's designed as a spiritual ego. And he can't really be anything different other than this. It, it really doesn't go anywhere else for him. Um, <laughs> it, he has, just, like, just like if you were to start following and mim mimicking, you know, a, I don't know, a, <laughs> a garbage man... Uh, in in that factor is he could be a spiritually awakened person and he's going to be uh, still as this ego somewhat represented as a, a position like a garbage man it's not really him but and so he knows this he recognizes this but he still do, does it you know chopping wood carrying water uh, throwing out trash and compacting it maybe and it's the same thing. As far as, like, me, I've been a spiritual person, per, per se, whatever, it's my entire life. I've been focused on it 
my entire life. And it's been something, even as much as I've gone into other subjects, other areas, uh, the totality of my life has always been focused on spirituality in some form and some sort of mysticism. And uh, not everybody's been that way. So as, as much as you want to mimic a spiritually awakened person, the only way that you actually can achieve it is by being yourself and stop mimicking them. Uh, it, it's, it's a little tricky because it's not like, uh, you know, being some talent of the world. Uh, the talents of the world are, are very specific to this ego person, this personality, this body identification. So even this whole process that you're going through of mimicking a spiritual person uh, is not actually a spiritual practice at all. So a lot of religions are based off of this. Um, that they're not actually spiritual at all. They're just, you know, mimicking what someone else has done, what someone else believes is, is a good way to, and what they've used and helped them have this spiritual experiences. And most of the time when people are having uh, religious decisions, they make this religious decision, rarely do they actually have uh, an a recognition or occurrence in the spiritual universe. Uh, so to say they're spiritual is a complete new definition of what is the spiritual universe and that actual experience of the spiritual universe. Um, re referring mostly to what stories and people have told about me or, or to me when I was in this uh, the church I was raised in, and uh, they would say, you know, just asking if this is not true, and you get a burning in your bosom, <laughs> or some sort of indicator like that, that it's true. Or they always say, ask if it's not true, <laughs> and really that indicator is saying, yes, it's not true, yes, it's <laughs> not true, but, which is funny. But it, I, I'm in no place to say it's not true. I actually believe that all of them are true. And so in that understanding, that that's such a far difference than quite literally what, you know, I can assist you, and within weeks we can actually travel in the spiritual universe together, you know, like out-of-body experience, etheric <laughs> positioning and, and energetic understanding, seeing everything as that position of love and everything. And, and you, you, it's hard to see, even as I say that, you know, people <laughs> go back to, you know, no, I just want my spirituality to be conceptual conversations, uh, and so I just listen to people and say, oh, I have an aha here and an aha there, everywhere, aha, aha. Oh, McDonald had a farm. Aha, here and there. I don't know what I'm saying. But someone to be confident enough to actually say, you know, we can have undeniable spiritual experiences together is a pretty intense statement, but you can't actually recognize that. You can't actually hear that I even said that until you believe it's impossible. 
that until you believe that, you know, it is something that could occur and happen and is actually possible. And you hear someone say that and they're like, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's kind of brushed aside because it seems so outrageous. It seems weird. So we need people somewhat at our level <laughs> so that we can understand them. You know, I think of the stairway of heaven and you're taking this stairway of heaven and when the <laughs> when they're too far away and they're yelling back, you know, how to get up the stairs or something, it gets really echoey and, <laughs> you know, maybe too quiet to understand. And it's, it's like, well, you know, I don't know about that guy. But it seems obvious with the staircase metaphor that they obviously are up there further along. But it's much easier to understand uh, someone, you know, one or two steps in front of you. Uh, they're right there, you know. It's like, oh, they, you know, you're speaking my mind. I understand you. And, and, it, and you're re I relate with you because I, we're both talking about worldly issues. And, you know, you're helping me understand these worldly issues. Someone that's too far out there is just seems like an extreme, you know, rambling uh, bum on the street or something. Even as there's many ideas of what Jesus was and everything. But I can tell you that Jesus was seen as a homeless man on the street. And as much as he, the people he communicated with and often spoke with were, you know, innocent, trusting uh, teenagers that, it, it, you know, they were on the street themselves and they traveled around together because of it and, and reaching out. Uh, <laughs> if you have this idea that you can only speak to certain types of people or something, then, you know, you, it's, it's like... You think someone so far along on, and hard to understand on this spiritual journey is actually way behind you, so you don't even listen to them anymore. So it gets really <laughs> confusing and, and weird. So you, it comes back to taking those stepping stones, taking those little steps to what is in it. And you're, yeah, well, you're still referring to, well, what is in it for me, you know? <laughs> And how can I use this for myself? <laughs> Which is funny. But completely noble, completely acceptable. And we, we almost say, excuse me, almost can say that, that there's the selfishness of spirituality that if you can't, you know, use it for your awakening, then what's the point of doing it, right? And we get this idea about, about, you know, ego idea of ego practices and worldly activities, and even as what, talking about fantasy stories or anything like that, or talking about worldly stories. Like, we think that there's other spiritual things and then other worldly things. Like, people can talk about politics and it's not spiritual, right? And we think we can talk about, uh, I don't know, shopping, and it's not spiritual. And then we can actually change the subject and talk about something spiritual. See, and this is a complete misunderstanding. It does seem as if it is another subject, but you can't actually stop talking about spirituality. And that's to say you started. 
Let's just say you're doing that right now. You're doing it all the time. And, and to reinforce that, to recognize that, that everything you are talking about, regardless or not, uh, with the eyes of the Holy Spirit, with the eye of the Holy Spirit, you are able to recognize that everything is spirituality, that it is only spirituality. And that's to say, and to go back to, you know, mimicking a spiritual enlightened person, you know, you're just going to be chopping wood, carrying water, and not recognizing the fact that what they are doing is far exceeding just chopping wood and carrying water. It just looks like they're doing the same thing they did before they had their spiritual awakening. And it's hard to understand that, but to to get see that is that the stepping stones to getting there consist of this variety of what many would say is just new age hoo-ha and just this spiritual crap where people make themselves up to look spiritual and make themselves uh, up with you know superstitious things like crystals and giving things power uh, to, to do things and to heal things and to be things that, you know, is still within them. And, uh, you know, I've been there, done that, and I completely condone it, and it's all fun and games and unacceptable, and uh, I enjoy it. But uh, that's kind of what I say when I'm saying that I'm, I'm already a spiritual ego, and, and then I have my awakening experience, and I come back to being a spiritual ego. You know, some people are chopping wood, carrying water, have their awakening experience, and then come back to chopping wood, carrying water. Uh, what what are you and what have you been? Uh, not necessarily only previous to your awakening, but when you recognize the actuality and the reality of your design, then it won't be far different than what you've already been designed to do. You know, it won't be as if you need to take these steps to make sure that you're looking out for your world or not doing something that has a karmic rec reposition or whatever. And uh, it, it, even though those are stepping stones and wonderful, noble steps, uh, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but when you actually recognize what you're designed to do and made out to be, then, then you come back naturally to that because you recognize the world is not real. And so whatever the world does, even as this Devon person, is not really up to you. It's not, it's just simply allow Devon to do what Devon does while you're here in reality, letting reality do whatever reality does. And, and so it gets a little, what seems to be a, a little bit hard to understand when you're on this path, when, when you're doing this thing yourself, and uh, it, it becomes this whole attempting to comprehend it, you know, attempting to understand it, and attempting to associate like this conversation right now, trying to figure out, well, <laughs> well why does volume go down? And, and then also, <laughs> you know, what, what is, what, why was he talking about his wives, his first wife? And... <laughs> Everything and how that all happened and how did it lead into this and and so you try and put it all together right as if it has some connection 
And it does have a connection. It always does have a connection. Even as the ability to communicate seemingly has words, and these words actually make sense going from one sentence to another and actually having a story. And, and you have the ability to associate these words to something going on in your mind, you know? Yeah, these imageries that you have and that you <clears throat> are then... <clears throat> excuse me. Darn, it was in a flow. Yeah, well, so there was some guilt in in our lives at the time when we chose to get married. Uh, we had premarital sex, and we couldn't get married in the temple because of it. And oh, I remember we telling my parents, and she was crying and <laughs> and all this stuff, you know. And I had this this idea that I was guilty about it, and even though it was a mutual thing, yeah, I'm so grateful. Oh my God, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's funny that I, I I it sounds like I talk about this with like some sort of resentments and everything, and it's more like. You know, some people have a clubhouse that says no girls allowed, and I, I think I feel, I feel that way. <laughs> but that's no big deal. Because when I come back to my reality, uh, and not in this association to a body and the story of a body, which is easy to identify with, uh, but if I come back to the reality, I recognize that you know, there is no one nowhere that offers me anything that I can't find myself. Uh, you know, it, it might be different for you, might be different like on my path. I didn't know how easy it was. I didn't recognize how easy it was to just simply go in and travel and and be in the spiritual universe and to see only that until you do, you know, just that, until you do only that. You almost like think it's impossible or it's far off and really hard to find, which makes sense, you know, it, it makes sense because you're so focused on this world and and so you, you, you want to find these these people that have these, you know, they offer these things, you know, like this religions, you know, they, they answer some questions, some existential topics that, that I crave and, and that I think I ask in my own experience, in my own mind. And so when I find someone that, that believes that they can answer such a thing, whereas others have told me it's impossible or, you know, you just need to accept that some questions will never be answered. You know, you, you all of a sudden have this aha and you're like, oh, wow, you know, show me, teach me, help me to see. And, and yeah, as we're referencing to this, these teachers, 
that are only there, you know, so let's put it in a different way here, that we make it so far out, like someone, you ask them what the purpose of the universe is, and and they go off about how the universe doesn't actually exist, and, and that you really don't have a purpose, and, you know, it's hard to relate with that, because it's somewhat extreme, like it's extreme from where you're at, so you want uh, something as far as when you say, well, what is the purpose of life? You want something relatable and that you can actually associate with. You want them to talk about what, you know, what you relate with. Maybe you enjoy your family and you relate with family and possibly the most loving thing you've experienced is with your family. And so, you know, it has to be in the subject of families. It has to be in the subject of say relationships and and you almost have to say about the purpose even though the huge gigantic picture of what the purpose of the universe and your life is 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 so far exceeding your understanding you have to water it down to make it make sense to you to be able to associate with a purpose at all so in that understanding you have of family, of relationships. You make the purpose about family and relationships. Now, going back to this stairway of heaven idea, is often when people find someone saying, yeah, it, the purpose is about this, and you're like, oh, I relate with that. Then all of a sudden you, you stop on that step and you start camping out, thinking that the purpose of life is never going to change as far as your perception of it. And uh, so you, you're staying there. You might even start building cities, and you might even call this city the land of Zion and, and all this stuff. Uh, you know, this is God's purpose for the world and for me. And, you know, everybody, people think, you know, you make it all nice and everything. People going up this stairway, a lot of people stop and say, you know, wow, this is, I made it to heaven. This is it. They have these answers to these questions. Which, uh, you know, everybody has seeming different answers. And the farther along you get on these stepping stones to heaven, the answers somewhat shift and change and, and really correspond with your perception as you're moving along on these steps. So what one step would tell you is the purpose is, is different than what another step is going to tell you. And even as someone one or two steps in front of you would tell you that it, the purpose is somewhat relatable, it still uses the word family, still uses the word relationship and, and all these things, uh, but it it's uses a little bit different array of understanding of it and, and mixes it up a little differently than, than you, and you're like, okay, you know, that still makes sense, and then you're starting to shift, and if you, uh, you know, remember 10 steps back, you're like, wait a second, we're starting to talk about things that, we're starting to make this different than it was, you know, you've changed, man, you're not the same as you used to be, and this whole idea is, starts coming into play, and you're like, <laughs> not realizing that the purpose of the universe is not a solid thing it's just like your the way you think of your body 
and you think of your body as a solid you think of it as like a this desk here and and stuff and and that it, that means it has a definition it will not change from that definition and you think of yourself like this often when we become adults we think that we are this definition now and that we're not going to change and that's when death is inevitable is because it's by definition of who you are so you know you have to if you want to keep moving you have to uh, have this open-mindedness in which of course the miracles refers to that even though while you think you understand the Course of Miracles, you're just camping out on a staircase, on the stairs, on the way up to this, metaphorically speaking, stairway to heaven. And uh, it's just like any religion, when you make it into a dogma, you're misunderstanding it. And <laughs> the fact that you can use your mouth to talk about it and your ears to hear and understand about it uh, and your your brain to process it and all this stuff and and referencing to your past you're already, you're misunderstanding it and you're if you can recognize that you're doing that then you have that willingness that of an open mind to a new understanding of it a new way of looking at it and it's going to be somewhat associatable uh, you're going to have uh, people talking about it you know uh, Oh, as long as they're still mentioning that the world doesn't exist, as long as they're still mentioning that it's a dream, as long as they're still mentioning these simple little little concepts, then uh, I, I can somewhat understand it. I can I can associate it with it uh, and, and everything. And it, and then it's hard to identify and recognize with who who is further along and who is not. And and they, of course, even as I would tell you there are specific indicators of who is and what is more understandable of this actual knowledge of God and and you you you're then relate with those things and or accept those things as agreed by what you are also desiring on that specific step just like um with this specific step, you have a somewhat relatable understanding of a religious practice that is ahead of you on these steps. You're like, okay, the purpose, family, blah, blah, blah. And it's the same thing with, you know, wanting to be happy. And we forget that, it, you know, the actual presence of happiness far exceeds the body. And so we, we like to identify with happiness and joy as in, you know, the body's laughing. And so we misunderstand that the actual evidence of the truth is not the practice of laughing and, and enjoying each other. We, I mean, we, when they give us that purpose, yes, you can see who's awakened by how much fun they have. And, you know, so we make up these weird associations and we enjoy that. We're like, oh, I like to be happy. Oh, I want to be happy. Oh, God is to me made happy. And and we that while that is absolutely true, uh, it's it seems to be another step that is being used by this misassociation of what we're doing. Like so, in other words, we still use the 
Now, instead of just circumstances of the body, you know, if this situation, this person, this, this way of living is happening, then I am happy and I am in joy. Now it's, if this mindset is happening, then I am happy and enjoy. And so you can still come out of that mindset and you're like, oh, I'm going to sleep. I've been so asleep, I'm upset. And even though that makes sense, and even though that's completely relatable, it's evidence of this stepping stone and this recognizing of the stepping stone that if it is even possible at all, to be somewhat unhappy in any case, then it is you know, skydiving from that stairway of heaven in a way of understanding it. So you're misunderstanding that in the actual presence of God, happiness is all there is to being, I'm going to mimic those who are in the presence of God, hoping that I can also achieve it. Instead of taking those steps yourself, now you're looking at someone way up on the stairway of heaven and you're seeing how, wow, they're, they're really happy all the time, so I'm going to be happy. And I have to choose this in my mind as if it's something here and now and I make this decision. And even though that's a perfectly noble step and perfectly acceptable uh, not condemn, condemning it at all, and actually do condone it often. Uh, the idea that you're you're doing something that you your mind is currently wanting to do something else is this disassociation to the step you're on. You're on a step for a very specific purpose, and that's to step on it, <laughs> to be it, to represent it. And so as much as I talk about this spiritual ego and being whatever it is, you know, going back to chopping wood, carrying water, it also associates with emotional reaction. That if you see someone going through this healing process and how, how spiritual they are, uh, it's, <laughs> let's put it this way. Uh, <laughs> so we got this chop wood, carry water, go on your spiritual path, become... Uh, you know, free of chopping wood and carrying water and then being, you know, awakened and then you recognize your design and you come back and chop wood and carry water. It's the same thing with uh, be upset, emotional and depressed and sad, uh, go on the spiritual path, uh, become free and awake, uh, free from all sadness, upset and depression, become awakened and recognize your design and go right back to being sad, upset, and depressed. Now, see, this seems so extreme because a lot of people uh, want to say, no, my freedom is in this happiness. Well, to misunderstand is very easy. Uh, when you want to look at a spiritual person and see a very specific definition, uh, it's, you know, you, you want to see someone on that path that is along that path. But when I say go back to chopping wood and carrying water, as that metaphor speaks of, and going back to sadness, upset, and depression, uh, the thing is, is you're not going to do it the same. Your perspective, even though on the outside, is the same. Outside, chopping wood, carrying water, people look at you, chopping wood, carrying water. People look at you sad, upset, and depressed. That's an outside 
picturing okay so we we say you know as as this <laughs> gets a little complicated it seems hard to comprehend that we're like oh no an outside the picturing of an inward condition and we're associating with this very specific uh brain that we have there is that far exceeding even that association with a a perceiver so while your experience is on the inside while it shows on the outside this this difference or this same thing you're doing the same on the inside you're now enjoying it that's a, that's the difference it's like you when you go to the presence of god and you go to enjoyment you you're now enjoying opposed to not enjoying chopping wood carrying water saying oh i want to go do something else I'm, I hear about these enlightened masters. I want to go be enlightened. And, and you start traveling. You go on your spiritual journey. And, and you awaken. And you get to this experience. And you find joy. Now when you come back and chop wood, carry water, you're enjoying it. You're present in it. Okay? So understand it that way. So even though as I speak of this, I still speak of stepping stones that you are able to associate with. So recognize that. That this is not the finite truth, just so you know. This is a stepping stone of association so that you can actually comprehend my words instead of speaking in the gift of tongues. So before, you know, you were actually sad and upset about being sad and upset. You wanted to find happiness, so you go on this spiritual journey. You find these spiritual teachings. You find all this evidence of reasons to be happy and really deny yourself of any other experience like sadness and depression and then you find awakening and you actually have divine revelation you actually have it not conceptually just regurgitate information telling me oh the world doesn't exist <laughs> now you actually have it for yourself and then you come back and guess what happens you have to heal that experience of what you thought yourself to be, that thing you were trying to escape from, the thing you were trying to run away from. Now, you go back into the sadness and depression. Guess what you do? You enjoy it. Now you enjoy everything that you are doing. This sadness and depression, you enjoy it. This garbage man job, you enjoy it. This being a spiritual ego, you enjoy it. This, you know, mundane job, desk job that has to do with killing animals and, and wasting materials of the world and all this stuff. You enjoy it instead of judging it, instead of determining if it is spiritual or good or bad or anything. Now you're just enjoying whatever it is that you're doing. So there's a far difference there. And now, of course, with the transition and the acceptance of divine realization and awakening it, it exceeds anything you're going to be doing that this whole this whole world and the outward imaging that seems to be occurring is all going to end and that goes on to you know we're talking steps in front of us here we're talking hundred steps in front of us most likely 
then it's a little harder to comprehend. You know, it's, it's a little harder to find the practicality of such an extreme idea. So we want to, and that's why we make these, these spiritual teachers famous, because we then can associate to it enough to make it practical, to make it useful, to somehow use it uh, to, you know, in daily life or whatever it might be. But it didn't and doesn't change the reality of what is necessary and what is occurring and what is the experience. So, yeah, I mean, as far as stories, I suck at staying on the subject. <laughs> I always go <laughs> talking about something extreme, spiritual nothingness. So, yeah, I, I say how Trina is actually my third wife. My second wife was a spontaneous love event that was beautiful on my five years of travel. Then I also took the opportunity of just, <laughs> I want to say jump on that. But uh, I, I saw a lot of things in following this bliss and everything as guidance and I very much enjoyed her presence and I just went with it and I kept seeing things even as uh, like I, I know I felt really guided to go ahead and get married after knowing her for a month or so and just expanding our mind together and healing together and we actually met in at a Vipassana center in Georgia oh no no we met because I needed somewhere to stay the day before and she volunteered her place and it was it was nice and we couldn't stop thinking about each other and then we spent time at the Vipassana Center together anyway um, it's funny because I think of Trina as my chopping wood and carrying water in a way because before any of my spiritual path there was Trina and I met her when I was 12 years old, and so I was like, before the deliberate spiritual path, there was Trina, and after my awakening, there's Trina. <laughs> and it's fun like that. Anyway, that's stories of me. <laughs> as I'm here, you know, as I like just love my communion with God and communicating with God and enjoying life talking about in the spirituality and and associating everything and political events and all this stuff as spiritual and really as the guidance that is awakening me and all this endless variations of discussing the same things and it's it's nearly impossible for me to talk about stories, even though I promised you that I would tell some stories, a little bit about me. You can always ask questions, and as you can find the calendar on my website, openandclear.com, go down to cl click the button that says listen live, and then at the bottom of the screen you can actually subscribe to the calendar and get notification when this is occurring live and or you can write me on Facebook and ask any questions if you're curious or, you know because it makes no difference to me as much as I don't 
as much as I'm not the person, you know, I used to think as I was on this spiritual path, this deliberate journey of awakening, which is noble and beautiful, uh, I used to think, you know, I don't really want to talk about my life. It doesn't, it's not real. It, it doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. And uh, now it, it makes no difference. You know, it's like, well, if it doesn't exist, then what's the problem of talking about it? You know, <laughs> people think, oh, it's something that exists. I need to avoid it and, you know, attempt to insist and attempt to bring about this actual truth of recognizing that it doesn't exist, <laughs> which in itself is contradictory, isn't it? So I have no issue talking about my body. I'm, you're not going to see me trying to, as much as I, you know, I'm all about love and peace and namaste, you're, you're not going to see me trying to love and peace, namaste you all over the place. Uh, I don't find any activity more spiritual than another. And uh, <laughs> even though some, I would say, are definitely assisting in the mind training of that right perception if you want now if your goal is spiritual experiences if your goal is spiritual understanding or recognizing god which if you feel called to experience it you know i'm not going to tell you that that's an egotistical thing because god's right here right now i'm not going to tell you that you know, you don't need to do anything to get there and all that stuff, but I, I am going to help you to recognize that. But you have a guidance within yourself that is bringing you there anyway. So it's you're going to go along that path anyway, and as much as I did. And no one really can tell you different, and you better not let them tell you different. Uh, you just stick to that guidance and just be open-minded, you know, just be open-minded to new ideas, new possibilities, and to recognize that maybe, maybe someone that's extreme is a little harder to understand, you know, maybe there's some truth there that I just can't comprehend, and that's being open-minded to it, allowing yourself to ask questions and to inquire about it, and, you know, even though you can look it up on all different sources, you might actually inquire with the person that's saying it. You know, actually, instead of the people they're with or that talk about them and like them and all this stuff. So I think that is the baby cry to go ahead and get this ended. And I'm going to use the lunchtime break hour to end it have a beautiful day everyone thank you god thank you for being here thank you for teaching us thank you thank you thank you oh i guess that didn't start right away well anyway i very much appreciate this time if you want to find more different episodes, more serious programs. Again, that's openandclear.com. If you want to contact me, you find my Facebook page or anything, openandclear.com. That's O-P-E-N-A-N-D-C-L-E-A-R.com. Have a beautiful day. I'm coming to trade you.
I hope you can hear that. It doesn't look like it's going through on this side. I started a little late and so blah 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 blah. Bloody 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 blah. A Devon does what a Devon does. lunch hour with me your host Reverend Devon Divine if you'd like more information about me and what I can do for you please visit openandclear.com that's O-P-E-N A-N-D C-L-E-A-R dot com Stay tuned to ACIM Gather for additional teachers, students, and those who love A Course in Miracles. <laughs> 